but he's going to share this morning. So, would you uh, welcome Pastor Brett Garcia? steer and direct our soul, right? Because we know there's good things coming. Because we know that it's good. It is good. God's Word says it is good when we assemble. It's good when we come together to to praise Him and to magnify His name. To see Him high and lifted up. And That's why we're here this morning. Um, so, before I jump into the Word, uh, I've got just, just one word I had. First, I thought it was the Word, and then God's like, no, this is just, I want you to throw this out. So, um, if there's anyone who is really struggling with integrity, or you know people in your lives you, uh, who are struggling with integrity, um, as parents, you know, it's one of the biggest things we deal with with our children is walking in integrity. You know, letting our yes be yes and our no be no. Um, you know, uh, so on and so forth. Everything that that means, okay? Not, uh, this isn't, again, a word on integrity, but the word that he dropped in is, is just this. Integrity is a byproduct of identity. In other words, as we move and work and, and massage identity into our hearts, into our lives, into our minds, integrity is the, the byproduct. Because when you know who you are, when you know who he is, when you know his character, you begin to walk in integrity. When you know who you are and who he's made you to be, you begin to walk in integrity. So, you know, um, even... Adam and Eve, right? We think, well, surely there's two people who should have known identity, right? Um, and yet, it was obvious that, or it seems obvious, I should say, that while they knew, and they knew, they didn't fully know. They, they Because coming to know God is a process. It's a relationship, right? And... Uh, it was a lack of identity that prevented them from walking in integrity. So, um, I just, I throw that out to you because I, I think it's relevant as you see people uh, who are struggling with that or if you yourself are struggling in areas of integrity, just just hold that up, Lord. Alright, what are those areas of identity that I still, I, I need you to heal? Or I need you to point out, or I need you to to firm up for me, so that I can walk in the fullness of all that you called me to do and to be. Because I, because integrity is a byproduct 
identity. So that's great. Thank you. Second thing, which is also not the word, <laughs> is uh, a promise I, I mentioned yesterday um, during a time of prayer. Um, I was reminded of a prophetic word given by Jim Gall, and I couldn't piece it together. Uh, I hacked it, and I got the general spirit of it, but I wanted to just share a little bit more. Um, just kind of share the word itself. And, <coughs> excuse me, uh, just in case you're wondering who Jim Gall is, has a little bio. Jim Gall is the president of Encounters Network, director of Prayer Storm, and coordinator of Encounter Alliance, a coalition of leaders, has a clear vision of the apostolic prophetic uh, work, so on and so forth. He He's very well known for his apostolic and prophetic work in the kingdom for, for decades, Okay. He's one of those guys that, um, you know, he has just an amazing prophetic gift, okay, and, and himself functions. I think he leans more toward the, the prophetic, but yet, at the same time, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Um, he's very much an apostle in the movement as well. So, anyway, regardless, he was giving a word uh, in Pennsylvania several, several years back. And I'm just going to read, well, let me read the preface here, okay? Um, as he walked out on stage, he said he saw letters appear before his eyes, A-M-P. And he watched, he watched it, and the M moved in front of the A in a spelled map. So, there it is. So he saw AMP. And as he, as he watched, the M moved in front of the A, and it became the word map. And so he's asking God, what is this? And God told him, when the apostolic A is made P, personal. And he said the word personal was really important. I will put these apostolic renewal centers on my map. And the word is this. I will amplify my voice and I will put them on my map. When the apostolic is made personal, there will be mighty authority in the prophetic in that place. I will amplify my voice and I will put those apostolic renewal centers on my map. It is not primarily structural. It is primarily relational. And I think that was one of the things that came out through the weekend is, you know, it's not about building this structure. It's not about building our influence. It's about personal. It's about relational, first and foremost. And as, as we relate, first and foremost, to Papa, with Papa, as we're spending time with him, as we're strategizing with him, as he's speaking to us, as we're as we're relating one to another, that's when things grow. And, and structure is the outcome of that. But when, when, we, when we make the structural our main focus, we've gotten our eyes off of it. Because kingdom is all about people. Yes. 
Structure is not bad, but it needs to be a, a byproduct of relationship. It needs to be a byproduct of the personal. And that's when God really, it's when he's, he's saying, God's really going to highlight and amplify the influence of those places. And so it's what we're pressing into. You know, we press into it, and God, according to his timing, lifts up and raises up. So what I did want to talk to you this morning about was this one. I kind of touched on it a little bit over the weekend. And as I sat down to do this, actually, what came to me First was was thinking about and God just he just as a I think we've often observed through the years even up here you know I know uh, Apostle Tim has said it I know I've said it and several others even um, there's a different expectation there's a different expectancy oftentimes when you go to a conference even like a conference this weekend that we did. Um, but I noticed it even more so, and have noticed it, I should say, even more so at camp. I've noticed it at the healing conference, which we attend, and, and other prophetic gatherings, and so on and so forth. There's an expectance. There's an expectation, right? There's a, there's a different level of expectation in, or expectancy on the worship, on the anointing. There's an anticipation. Oftentimes, when we go to those places, is it the place? There are places, there are physical places which carry blessing and anointing. No, just one such place. You know, when God spoke to Moses from the burning bush, he said, Take your shoes off. Where the place you're standing is holy ground. There are physical places that, that where anointing just rests. Camp is one such place because there's there's almost year round, not quite, but but there's praise and worship just going on on those grounds. There is the angelic visitations. There's signs and wonders and miracles. Because because of the expectation which people bring in there on a continual basis, right? So the physical is one aspect. In fact, even the opposite is true, right? Because what did God say about with Cain and Abel, right? The blood of Abel cried out to God from the ground. So there are places, if there are places of blessing, right? There are also other places. There are dark places. And those affect what's going on in the atmosphere around us as well. Is it the people? Well, you can make the case for this, and, and there's truth to that. Because different people carry different anointings and different levels of anointing, right? And we see that throughout God's Word, that's consistent, right? Um, 
Jesus, just as one example, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane, the guards approach to, to take him into captivity and they fall on their faces. Why? It's because of the anointing that he carried. The power of the Holy Spirit on him, that they just went down. In the Old Testament, we see it. And uh, over the summer, Dave Carlson brought this word out. And, and he was talking about Jonathan when he took his armor bearer. And the armor bearer carries the shield and he carries the sword. And they went up and they climbed up the cliff, right? And when they got up there, when God had said, go, I'm going to give them into your hands, they get up there. The armor bearer is behind them. Jonathan jumps up on the cliff on the top and says, here I am. And they fell before him before his armor bearer even got there. They fell out. And then his armor bearer came up and said, hey, you need this? Chop. Chop session. (laughs) We see Peter, right, as another example. Peter was so full of anointing that his shadow was healing people. It's awesome. Another example in, in, in Acts chapter 14 in Iconium, Paul and Barnabas, because of the anointing they carried, the people there are going like, oh my gosh, they're like gods. Right? They, they, they were thinking that the Greek gods had come down and here they are. Now they weren't interpreting it correctly, but they knew there was something different about these two. There was something powerful. Right? It was it was the anointing which they carried. And again, the place, the people, these things play a role. Okay? But as I've thought on this through the years and just talked to Papa about it, you know. The biggest thing he continues to point back to me, and what I believe is the best explanation as to why there's there's such an anointing when we go to some of those conferences, is because of the level of expectation. There's a level of expectancy and expectation. When you drive across the country three days, you're driving with expectation, let me tell you. <laughs> you're darn right. When you're driving with a van load of kids who are annoying you, not talking about our kids because our kids would never annoy us. <laughs> it's okay, Joshua. You did not exist yet. <laughs> Although you could be in that category, I'm just saying. We'll see. We'll have to do a cross country trip together. <laughs> I could be in that category as well for you. <laughs> Three days in a, in a car with anybody, uh, odds are pretty good. People are traveling from all over the world just to go there because of the, that level of expectation. And let me tell you, because of that expectation, I remember very distinctly, and this is just one example, I remember going one year and I was just drained. I was tired. And, you know, not that this is for many of you, okay, but you, as a pastor, you get sheep bites. You know, or, or you just get tired of dealing with 
stuff and people. It's not that you don't love people, but you need that time away. And, and then there are other things going on, even outside of here, and so on and so forth. And I just remember going with such an expectation one year in particular. And I get into the sanctuary, and the first drum of the core, they haven't even started worship. No one anointed was on the platform. It's just one strum, and I just, <laughs> and I just broke down. I mean, it was the anointing of God that just broke me in that moment. But I'm telling you, it was my my expectancy. It was a large part of that. What do we expect? Our expectancy is a powerful thing. You know? Spoke on Friday night, just briefly in the in-between, about level of expectation. Oh, I used to go to conferences, and even even here, you know, when I wanted a prophetic word, I put a demand on it. Now, at the time, I was more focused on putting a demand on others' gifts, because I didn't have the confidence, oftentimes, to hear God for myself. I didn't believe that I could hear it as well as you could hear it for me. I was dealing with a lot of my own issues, right? Because God's best is that, I mean, yes, the prophetic is always going to be instrumental this side of heaven. It will always be pointing. It will always be powerful. It will always be doomless, dynamite. There's a reason why it's part of the fivefold, okay? However, God's best is that we meet with him face to face. God's best is always that, that we get to the place where We're hearing his voice on our own, and the prophetic is confirming what he's speaking even more so, right? I mean, just generally speaking. But almost without fail, anytime I would have this expectation, I would get a prophetic word. I was so hungry for hearing God's voice that it was putting a demand on whoever the speaker was, whoever whoever the, the... anointed and appointed people were who were over that group. And I was getting those prophetic words. Expectation is a powerful thing. Yes. You draw things out of people with expectation or with expectancy. Expectation draws. It puts a demand on the gift and draws the anointing out of people. Another example, the woman who pressed her way through the crowd to get to Jesus. Why did she do that? She had, a, she had an expectation, right? There was an expectancy. If I can touch the hem of his cloak, I will be healed. All I got to do is get there. Move it, kid. Eat dirt. Come on. I got to get there. I don't know that she was like that, but... But you know what? Expectation can... Yeah, anyway. She expected to be healed. She wasn't letting anything stand in her way, it would seem. What'd she get? 
Jesus got healed. Jesus didn't suddenly turn and say, I sent someone with expectation. He went, oh, power just went out of me. She drew on the anointing. She drew it right out of him. It's physically possible. It's spiritually possible. Again, I believe one of the main reasons why places like Rain Camp are are so powerful is because of the expectation that people bring in that God will move. Here's the really fun part. We don't just drive, or the Davies, or or those of you who are going, or or make all the effort to get to this place. You don't just go to Texas, right, without expectation. When all these people from all over the world go, and you have all this expectation, oh my gosh, it's easy for the speakers. (laughs) It's easy for those leading worship. Why? Because there's so much expectation on them. For some people, it might be misplaced, right? And I'm always glad to hear certain speakers, but my expectation in its purest form is that God will move. And when you have all that expectation in one place, guess what's going to happen? God will move. I have for years thought about and prayed about God. How do we take what's there and bring it here? And there's many answers to that. There's there's layers to it, okay? How do we raise that level of expectancy? Still don't know that there's a perfect answer to it. But I know this. The more I consider it, the more I truly believe that expectancy is one of the biggest keys to it. Do you expect God to move when you come to church on a Sunday morning? Do you realize that you can I'll use Pastor Tim as an example. Pastor Tim's coming up and giving giving the word. And I've had a negative experience lately with with Pastor Tim. And I'm not expecting much from Pastor Tim. Guess what I'm going to get from Pastor Tim? Not much. It might be a great word, too. In fact, I'm sure it will be, or is, or was. (laughs) But my experience will, will oftentimes meet level of my expectations. Not that God can't overcome that, right? It's why dealing with offense is so important. It's why it's why this whole relational thing is so important. We need to expect God to move. Here's the thing. It's not just within these four walls. 
I need to meet every day expecting God to move. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you so much that I get to go and do the work that you've set my hands to. I don't like some of what's going on. I may not even like some of these people, but you need to change that in me because I'm expecting you to move. I'm expecting you to move mountains. I'm expecting you to help me move crates. I'm expecting you to, to help me with this. I'm expecting to meet you. Do you want to heal someone today? God, I'd love for you to do that today. God, do you want to speak through me prophetically today? Oh, Lord, I would love for you to do that. What's your expectation? He'll meet you there. We often, let me, let me change that. I have often looked at expectancy as kind of an emotional response, right? But it's, it's really not. You see, I, I can expect the sun to rise every single day and not get emotional about it. I don't wake up every morning and go, oh my gosh, the sun is up again! Isn't that amazing? Oh! Thank you, Jesus. I should jump for joy. Oh, Hail Mary. Oh, this is wonderful. No, I go, the sun's up. It's in my eyes. Let's pull the shade down. But I'm thankful for the sun, no less. And I expect it to come up as I drive to work. I expect it to come up as I sleep in on occasion. I expect to see it every day. There is a confidence and a trust and a faith. And experience tells me that it has come up and it will come up again. It will do it again. Likewise, we are called to have that same and even greater expectation, confidence, trust, and faith in the character, integrity, and the consistency of our God. That He will rise again. That He will move again. That He's always wanting to move on my behalf. He's always faithful and true and honest. Amen. So do we come to church expecting that God will move? See, I don't want you expectant with what I can do or what anyone who comes up and gives a word can and will do. I don't want you expectant, oh, I love the worship team, or even expectant, oh, the worship team. You know? Oh, Pastor Fred's doing a song again. I mean, double up those earplugs. (laughs) Or whatever. Okay, our expectation, our expectancy, what we expect to to get from an event, a place, a person, it will draw that out of them. It really is that simple. 
Here's the wonderful thing. When we come together, we can simply expect, God, you will move. I expect you will move. I expect you're going to move through whoever's on the platform. I expect you're going to move through whoever greets me in the morning at the door. I expect you're going to move through through my interactions with the saints. I expect you to move. It's easy to misplace our expectations. And oftentimes we do it without even knowing. Without even a, a realization or a revelation that that's what we're doing. Which is why there are times like this where he calls us out on. Or rather encourages us that regardless of what our expectation has been, to redirect us to where it needs to be. Do you want to see the level of anointing go up in this place? What expectation are you going to bring in? I'm telling you, there's a fire that's been sitting right here, okay? I see it or perceive it every time I come in the building. It, it is the fire of revival. Revival is here. It has been here. It's not gone away. And we see it fanned. I think there's more. And I think it, it, it begins with, with expectancy of Him. God, we expect you to move in this place on a regular basis. We expect to see signs and wonders and healings on a regular basis. We expect to see ears coming down out of heaven. We expect to see backs healed. We expect to see wrists healed. We expect to see Anything and everything healed. We expect to see acid reflux healed. Right? Right? We're called to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind. There's an expectation. See, actually, when we start shifting our expectation to Him in every circumstance and in every situation, we will never be disappointed. So, let's do something as we close. Let's just draw on the expectation. Right here, right now, God will move. 
even more. Thank you, yes, I, I want him to come and give me the rest I need. It's been an exhausting week, even outside of here for me. And for many of you as well, maybe even more so, for some of you. But Jesus, we just want to draw on you right now. We want to raise our level of expectation. You will move on our behalf. <coughs> just take a moment. Let's just, just, just press into him. Speak in tongues, speak in tongues. It's a great way to just generate when you don't know what else to pray, right? Mm-hmm. It just connects your spirit with the spirit, with the spirit. Speak in tongues for Yeah. If you're joining us online for the first time, yes, we speak in tongues. Don't turn the channel. Shamana. Shamana. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you. 
I don't know why there's the pause at times, other than I know he's doing something in the pause. There's a reason where why the word Selah even exists in Scripture, right? The pause is necessary at times, and something something happens in the pause. We're just, we're in the pause. I, I won't make any excuse or explanation for it, but it is necessary. So, just bless you, Jesus. Shake out it. Oh, we bless you. Keep seeing. Um, and one of you guys have something more great, but uh, I just keep seeing like stitching, like uh, like a like a baseball or a softball, and I see the stitching just being undone. And and as I watch, it's like the stitches um, over hearts. I feel that I just believe that much of what God is doing in, in a few of you this morning is just some, some uh, surgery, some heart surgery. He's opening up um, the heart so that, because just certain things haven't healed correctly, okay? And the Lord want, needs to put his finger on that so that things can heal, so that, so that you can work and move and operate in the fullness of all that you're called to do and to be. And so if that's you this morning, and you're willing, I, I would just ask you to stand up. I just want to pray for you. I'm, I don't have a prophetic word. I'm not looking, you know. I, there's just things God's doing in you, and it's good. And if that's you, uh, you want to stand up, I just want to pray for that. It's good. It's good. Stand where you're at at home. That's you. Thank you, Lord. Just, we'll just give another moment. 
we can get everybody together. If there's anyone else. Historically, I've been slow to respond to those kind of words. <laughs> it's like, oh Lord, I really want to be healed, but I really don't want to stand up. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, I, I've been there. I think if you've been in meetings of this nature, it's not uncommon. So, so Lord Jesus, oh God, just thank you so much for the physician, the powerful physician, the almighty the king of the universe who loves these people so much, who loves us all so much. But these, these few, Lord, this pause, you, you did this pause just for them. God, you're doing something. And we just want to acknowledge it. And we add our blessing to it, Father. We want to see you work and move in their lives more powerfully. We want to see whatever is broken, whatever is hurt, whatever is just smashed down or, or, or injured in any way, shape, or form, to be healed. And the Holy Spirit, you do your thing. You do your thing, and at the right time, if you need us, then bring us alongside as well. But right now, just do that thing you're doing. Just, Lord, we just ask you to set your angels round about that thing you're doing right now. So that no, the enemy cannot steal it. The enemy will not steal what's happening in you right now. Okay? This is something that's sovereignly happening. And it may unfold even over the course of the next week. Because hearts unravel like, like in a thank you, Shrek. Amen. So a couple of things were coming to me. I think, I think expectancy can be equated with hope. And uh, the scripture says, those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. And so um, that's really the place our expectancy has to be, not in any individual or person, although we can honor them and respect them for the way God moves through them and, and deals with them. Um, I also wanted, just wanted to share that my camp experiences had not all been me going with expectancy. My wife loves camp. And my apostle has made given me responsibility at camp. And there are times when those are the only two things that gets me there. Uh, I'm just being honest. But let me tell you something. The scripture says, even when we are faithless, 
he remains faithful. <laughs> and sometimes when we don't, we just, sometimes you just can't generate expectancy. <laughs> but the expectancy of everyone else draws and you get met in that. Yes. Right, like Saul prophesying with the prophets. And so, I just want to encourage you in that. The other thing is, I'm thinking, there's a saying, I don't think it's, I've never remembered seeing it in the scripture, but there's a saying that says, familiarity breeds contempt. And contempt is negative expectancy. And when we're, you know, Pastor Fred said, how do we get it here? Why is it different? Well, we go to conferences. We don't know all those people as right. well as we know each other. Right. We don't know all of the laws and, you know. So, I don't know about you, but I just want think that I need to repent of familiarity mm-hmm. and allowing that to hinder my expectancy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pray and do that. If you'd like to join, please do. I'm not putting this on anybody, but, yeah. but Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent for any amount of familiarity, negative, negative familiarity, Lord, that hinders my expectancy of what you can do or will do through this people, in this place, in this community. Father, I repent. I place the cross of Jesus between myself and that negative expectancy because of the familiarity and the and the knowledge of everyone's flaws and weaknesses. Forgive us and restore us to a place of honor and expectation of the move of God in the midst of us. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here and needed further prayer, let us know. Um, but one final thought, um, you know, I, I really believe that if we can do that.